lots and lots of spoilers. Welcome to our final entry, the final entry, of our Pixar Picks. We've seen Pixar set up fascinating worlds where they pose searching, intriguing, and challenging questions like, what if your toys were actually sentient and silently judging you all the time? What if the monster in your closet was just an average Joe trying to make a living? What if the human race mutated into a nightmarish organic machine hybrid species that appeared as self-aware motor vehicles and, oh God! Calm down, calm what down. They, what do they look like on the inside? Never let us see what's inside, Mike Newman Queen. It's not real, Max. Take a deep breath. Not real. I'm okay. I'm okay. Sorry. However, in 2015's <laughs> The Good Dinosaur, we're faced with a truly intriguing speculative narrative. What if dinosaurs never went extinct? What if they evolved alongside humans, developing intelligence and consciousness? What sort of technologies would they develop? How strange and unusual would be their social structure? Oh, is that what that was? Okay. I'm sorry to interrupt, but... <laughs> would they develop a rudimentary set of spiritual values? Would their connection to the humans be symbiotic or antagonistic? So many fascinating questions. And how many of these are answered? Spoiler alert, Bupkis! <laughs> you just wanted <laughs> to say Bupkis. <laughs> I wanted to say Bupkis. Really, we might as well be dealing with Grumpy Alice and Chaka in this. Now, now, now. We <sighs> haven't even got to the trivia, so... <laughs> right, right. Yeah, We'll go into more detail. But first, I am your host, Tyrannosaurus Max. <laughs> and over there, desperately trying to evolve a thumb, is Australopithecus Microconus. I just thought if I pulled real hard, it would come out. <laughs> I'm sure it will. You you keep following that dream, <laughs> son. <laughs> I got one. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, my, I think that's your nose. Oh. Yeah. Oh, right. Hands. <laughs> yes. Yep. You know, the fingy things at the end of your arms. So, yes, trivia. The show. Okay, budget. Oh, boy. $200 million. They spent it on the grass. <laughs> yeah. The worldwide gross. Worldwide. $322 million. This was, to date, the second lowest grossing Pixar movie ever released domestically or worldwide. You know what the? Do you know what number one was? And I think this is unfair. Um, I'm trying give you a hint. Yes, it it was recent. Uh oh, it's gonna be um 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 the one that they just read. Oh no, because that's not a Pixar film. That's a Disney film. Uh, Onward? Yeah. Onward is the lowest grossing Pixar movie, which I think is an unfair uh, judgment because it was released like the month COVID was released. That's what Uh, it was. Okay, because you had to buy that that online. By the way, that was a play on words. I'm not not buying into any of the theories that it was intentionally released, blah, 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 blah. Ah. Yeah. And so, yeah. Just to get this out of the way... Yes, the stupid Pizza Planet truck shows up. God. Did you see it? No. I didn't, I didn't know this except from reading it in the trivia, because unfortunately it's almost impossible to tell. In the opening shot, one of the asteroids looks like it. Okay. Yeah. that Talk about really trying to shoehorn that sucker in. I mean, I, I'd rather they did that than there was a dinosaur shaped like a Pizza Planet truck or yeah, something. Yeah, or some sort of like... Flintstones Pizza Planet truck with made of stone with rock wheels or something. Mm. Uh, this was also the first time Pixar released two films in one year, which is another thing that did not do this film any favor any favors because the other film was Inside Out. Oh, by far, far so inferior. Talk about film. suffering by comparison. <laughs> this film had a lot of production issues. Took uh, it was in production for six years. There were creative differences, story problems. Pixar multitasking between other films and kind of a quality slump that uh, the studio suffered starting with Cars 2 in 2011 and Monsters University in 2013, both of which we have discussed. Gee, none of those things actually, I couldn't feel a thing like that in the film, could you? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Lying, lying. Lying dinosaur. (laughs) Uh, The original cast was supposed to include John Lithgow, Judy Greer, Bill Hader, Neil Patrick Harris, and Lucas Neff. 
What, what John Lithgow because he was on Third Rock from the Sun? I guess. <laughs> I think he was going to be Paul. Oh, I wish he had. But they were replaced after one of the many major story changes. The only, the only cast member who stayed on was Frances McDormand. She was Ma. Mama. Boy, they really used her to her. her oh yeah, potential. She was really well. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> also, originally Arlo was supposed to be older, the human equivalent of like seventeen, and voiced by Lucas Neff. But the director Peter Son in, wanted to uh, convey the idea of Arlo maturing, as well as give more of a boy and his dog relationship between Arlo and Spot, Sorry. and made him younger, basically about eleven years old, whatever that is in Apatosaurus years. Uh, this is one of uh, John Ratzenberger is in this movie but it's one of his smallest roles up there with Brave he has one line did you recognize him no there might have been a reason for that <laughs> yeah he yeah he was one of the hillbilly raptors oh. he's and he just says we kill him okay that's that's his he gets three words uh the according to the original film director Bob Peterson uh oh you still want his you still want his work number uh, oh, it's Mr. Peterson. The, the inspiration for this film came from his impression of dinosaur animatronics he saw on a childhood visit to the 1964 New York's World's Fair. Well, that World's Fair has a lot to answer for. Yeah, it does. This is also, this should come as no shock, this is the third Pixar movie not to get nominated for Best Animated Feature. It wasn't? Yeah, I know. Do you, you, you need a minute? Shocking, yeah. yeah. Shocking, Shock and terror. Yeah. The other two, of course, were, as we said, Cars 2 and Monsters University. Yeah. Uh, some of the CGI landscapes were so convincingly realistic that some of the audience wondered if this was a real-world CGI composite. Hmm. Uh, th- some people saw this movie and felt an odd sense of deja vu. Because there's a more than a little uh, similarity between Arlo and Littlefoot in Don Bluth's 1988 The Land Before Time. Oh. Littlefoot, which I admittedly have never seen, but he's also an Apatosaurus. Both characters hatch at the beginning. Both have major responsibilities. Both have parents who help them out. Both lose a parent. There's all, and even both of them end up falling in a river. Yeah, we're going to get to that part, too. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the, the, The sequence, which really stood out for me and is is i think a little it troubling where arlo and spot eat fermented fruit and start hallucinating (laughs) yeah this yeah this is the first chemically based hallucination scene in a disney movie since you i bet you know do you know which when it was the last and probably the only fantasia nope Uh, i don't know think pink elephants Oh, oh, yeah, because that's dumb. Isn't that, is that Dumbo? Yes, Dumbo. I've never seen Dumbo. Oh, you never have. I never. Wow. I know. I do know the song "Pink Elephants on Parade," but yeah, no, it always because, looked too damn sad. It's like nothing happy's gonna happen in this movie. I'm not watching. There are a it. couple of real. I mean, some of it. It's it's very sad. It's also one of the more, um, shall we say, problematic ones when you deal with the crows. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. One of whom, whose name actually is Jim. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Sam Elliott is in this as Butch the Tyrannosaurus, and his line in the... I can't do it justice because my mustache isn't thick enough. <laughs> but uh, I'm sorry. I am sorry. Sam Elliott has the greatest mustache in the history of mustaches. In the morning, we ride. That's a little nod to his character, Carter Slade, from uh, the classic <laughs> Ghost Rider, which the Nick Cage, he accompanies Johnny Blaze on one last ride. <laughs> God. Yeah, it's the exact <laughs> same line. Is that the one where he pisses fire, or is that the later one? That That's the second one. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, classic, uh, with a K. Oh, yeah, real clear. <laughs> and uh, one of the faces that Arlo sort of shifts into resemble during the uh, drunk sequence, or stone sequence, yeah. has a strong resemblance to Scott Squishy Squibbles from Monsters University. There's a reason for this. The voice of Squishy was Peter Son, the director of this movie. Ah. He also is the voice of the creepy, whatever the hell he is, kind of Triceratops collector hoarder thing. Yeah, we're going to get to that too. Yeah, we definitely are. There's a lot of other 
trivia about this movie, but most of it's just not that interesting. It's all about numbers, like this is the third to do this, and here are the people who are considered. This is the there's aspect a, ratio, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, there's, there's not, not a lot to say. That's okay. So the plot, <laughs> which is surprisingly convoluted. Picture the Earth about 65 million years ago. Dinosaurs are the dominant species doomed to be wiped out by the KT extinction asteroid striking the Earth. But what if the asteroid had missed Earth? It could happen. Space is really big and stuff. And dark. And And it's hard to find a place to park. (laughs) It is indeed very hard to find a place to park. This movie offers us a world where dinosaurs never died out and after millions of years developed sentience and intelligence but still looked pretty much the same. We follow, which we'll get to, we follow the life of a young Apatosaurus named Arlo, so named, no doubt, because of dinosaurs' well-known love of folk music. Uh, All I could think is, how do they know Arlo Guthrie? Uh, Arlo lives on a farm with his mama, papa, brother, and sister. Smaller, weaker, and more fearful than the others, Arlo often thinks, thinks himself a burden, which he is, who needs to be protected by his parents, which he does. His world is shattered by the death of his father and his later accidental separation from his family when he falls into a river chasing after that most dangerous of vermin, man! Dun, dun, dun. Or rather, boy! Kind of. Because Arlo meets a small, nonverbal human, homo sapien, homo erectus, it's not clear. Just say homo and get over with (laughs) it. Whom Arlo blames for the death of his father. Ending up as unlikely traveling companions, dare I say wacky traveling companions. Oh, hijinks. Arlo eventually bonds with the boy, naming him Spot. Mm. Get it? Like a dog. Uh-uh. He's his pet. Together, they face trials and tribulations in an effort to get safely back to Arlo's family farm. On the way, they meet mentally unbalanced hoarder dinosaurs, religious cultists, dinosaurs, and cowboy dinosaurs? Sure. As Arlo finds the strength to face his fear and become what he was always meant to be. The spirit of a, Christmas? A plant-eating dinosaur farmer, oh. just like Harry Potter. <laughs> Dinochlorians? Yep. <laughs> You're a dinosaur, Harry. <laughs> so, that's pretty much the plot. Really, it's the, fan- like, I don't know, any of those Journey of Natty Gan, Fantastic Journey... Dances with porcupines, I'm not sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll start the discussion. Yeah. Now. Yeah. The lowdown. So I'm glad you told me about the the um, meteor missing the planet and that dinosaurs didn't go extinct as being the plot, because I didn't get that from watching. I just thought, oh, this is a precursor of something to come. You guys are in trouble. And then there's that shot of the dinosaurs all looking up at the sky, and it's like, you've been watching Fantasia recently, haven't you? Yeah, it's right out of that shot of all the dinosaurs from, uh, what? I forget the name of the, the musical the number. The Rite of Spring. Thank you. It's where they all, they all look up, and yeah. yeah that, it's even the same I, species. Like, I'm sure it's exactly, and they did it on purpose. And that's fine. It's their own property. They can do that. But yeah. it never occurred, because as soon as, because I didn't know anything about this movie. I knew it had a dinosaur in it. That's all I knew. And as soon as the kid shows up, I wrote in big capital letters with three exclamation points, no humans and dinosaurs! Stop it! Um, <laughs> well, the idea of, it's the idea of parallel evolution. I'm you know, going to have to go with if humans started to show up, they'd have just been eaten. <laughs> that's kind of what I thought. I mean, around the dinosaur time, humans were basically these little rodents running around among the rocks. That looked like something that Alan Tudyk would voice. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, and it's still that this, I, I know ugh, the order in which this comes up, I, it may not be appropriate, but it immediately brings up one of the big story holes in this movie and i bring this up at the start because it bothered me right from the beginning okay it's been millions of years and a the dinosaurs don't look any different than we speculate they look now and b all that evolved was their language centers (laughs) they got smart and they developed language and farms (laughs) Yeah, how did they have no manipulatory appendages? I don't know. No tentacles, no fingers. They use their mouths and they can build a barn? Well, I'm going to have to say it's probably Cars syndrome, right? Because in that whole world of the Cars movie, when we talked about Cars 2, we're all like, 
why is nothing in here look like it was designed by the beings that actually use it? And this is pretty much the same. Oh, we'll just have fences and silos and other farm equipment, but it'll be human-based, even though there aren't any, or that, at least we don't think there are. It's to be fair, we, do, we don't see any actual equipment. They're clearly doing all their farming by brute muscle, which explains why their farm is one field. Okay. As far as we can see, and one storage unit. But, again, there is so much that doesn't make sense here, and so much they could have... Ex I, I object to this more than I do in Cars, because Cars is... It's much more cartoony. It's much sillier. It's not... It's clearly we're not supposed to be, be that interested in, in the world. <laughs> this starts... We're not! I just we're think, supposed to just I'm accept sure it. all the guys who are working on background in Syria like, you know, we need to design this so nobody pays attention to it. That's what we need to do. <laughs> No, we need to design this so nobody thinks about it too much. Whereas in this, that's what we're supposed to be thinking about. They have shown us, oh, look at that. The extinction asteroid didn't hit the Earth. Okay. They're still around after it. Because it, it says, we get a title card that says, millions of years later. Saying we see the dinosaurs at their peak, and now they evolve. They've gone on for millions of years. Farming. Are they <laughs> suggesting... Now, I thought maybe they're raising an interesting point. Is the idea that the dinosaurs were already physically at their peak evolution? That because they were the dominant species, they didn't need to evolve physically? That's why they don't. They all look the same? I don't know. They never mention it. They I, do nothing with it. Nothing. No. And, of course, you know, are we supposed to look at Spot and the other humans we vaguely see, uh, not too much of, um, and go, yeah, it'll be fun when those guys start eating these guys. <laughs> Spot is problematic as well, because you notice the way they draw him, he doesn't have a sloping forehead. It's, not a... <laughs> it's true, he doesn't. Neither do the other humans, so they're not Neanderthals. <laughs> no, just what an odd thing. It's like, oh, that slope, nope, you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, it means he has frontal lobes. It means these guys are homo sapien. He keeps saying homo. And, I'm... <laughs> and they yeah, no, have not it. developed language. How is it the well, dinosaurs have developed language and the humans haven't? All right, well, so let's skip ahead into one of my notes. So my note for this was, what's with the Darmok and Jalada Tanagra moment? Because that's what's going on, oh, right? So a little bit, a little bit. Because it's like, oh, we don't speak the same language, but look, we speak the same language. And to me, that's one of the things that makes Spot problematic because we he's supposed to come off as unintelligent, right? Because yeah, like Arlo a dog. can talk. Yeah, because mm -hmm. Arlo can talk and Spot can't. And for all we know, later on in the film, the reason Spot can't talk has everything to, to do with the fact that he lost his parents at a very young age and nothing to do with the fact that he, this is early humans. We don't know. Yeah. Because um, the other ones don't either. But uh, Arlo starts to talk to him and starts drawing things in the, in the ground. And Spot basically instantly mirrors it and gives him his life story. Yeah, and this, non, this creature who is supposed to be non-sentient understands... Uh, sim symbology. Yeah, which and is, I think, a little higher up on the chain. That's, yeah, and he doesn't just parrot it. He modifies it to show, to tell his story. It's when Arlo is using sticks to represent his family and a circle around it, and Spot goes, oh, I get it, and puts, he doesn't put the same number of sticks that Arlo does. Arlo puts five for his whole family. Spot puts three, his parents and him, and then he buries two of them, right, signifying his parents are dead. So not only is this symbolic representation, it's symbolic manipulation, which is the de one of the definitions of sentience, as much as there are any. Right. This doesn't make that, and yet, and then he like, scratches himself like a dog and howls and lets his tongue funny. hang out. Right, and it's the other problem is that whenever Arlo asks him for things, Spot goes off and it looks like he's wandering off aimlessly, but it turns out that he's actually doing exactly what Arlo wants him to do. Arlo so is he, pinned at one point, and he, Spot is trying, for reasons passing understanding, to feed him. And first he brings him a lizard, Arlo doesn't <laughs> eat it. And then he brings him an enormous insect, and Arlo won't eat it. And then he, he brings him a branch of fruit. Right. So he's like, okay, protein didn't work, I'll try vegetable matter. Like, right. Well, my favorite what? part is when... when uh, Arlo gets his leg stuck under the rock and he can't pull it out. I really wanted it to fade to black and then just say, 127 hours later. Oh, God! <laughs> and then have Arlo limping along on three legs. 
Uh, well, it would have been more realistic. No, it wouldn't. He's a plant eater. His teeth wouldn't have been sharp enough to chew through his own leg. And what's what? So, okay, you said that the, this re- resembled the last dinosaur, or whatever, the, the littlest dinosaur, whatever the heck that the Don Blue thing was. Uh, yeah, to me, we've got this scenery, which, as you point out, looks amazing. Like oh, the it, scenery, in, it's beautiful. Yeah, the water and the scenery have come a long way. And then they show you a dinosaur, and I'm like, what? What is this weird... Co- it looks like we entered an Aardman film. Yeah, either that or I, I keep seeing the dinosaurs and I keep thinking, someday Fred, maybe Fred will win the fight and that <laughs> cat will stay out for the night. Yeah, they just don't... They're like too cartoony. To me, yeah. they don't fit the background really at all. Um, especially their eyes. Their eyes just seemed really plasticky to me. Like no thought was put into them. Um, there's way too much, too much for the whites and they are white... Um, I don't know. It's just that the characters did not. I didn't. I didn't think the characters were particularly interestingly drawn or, or rendered either. They were just sort of like big and thick and I don't know. Meaty. Yeah, just not appealing. I, and and like I'm looking at the grass and the sky and water, which is notoriously hard to do. And water plays a big part in this film. And that stuff's all rendered amazingly well. Oh yeah. Um, especially when we get that really sad moment where Mufasa falls off the cliff. Yeah, into- I was. That's, I have that written here too. Yeah. <laughs> you thought the exact same thing. I did because Arlo's father falls in the river and dies, which into is really buffalo. dark. And we have not seen something like that since the Lion King. I think. Yeah, and then, of course, we get to see it again, just like we did in The Lion King. Yeah, yeah, and again, yeah, Dad's spirit appears to him. Yeah. Because apparently, I have to say, all through this, all I kept thinking, do you remember the old comic strip, B.C.? Sure, Johnny Hart. There's a segment in there, there was this running gag where B.C. kept seeing clams doing things clams shouldn't be able to do. Like, at one point, he sees they're walking, and he's, clams got legs! Yep, clams and got I kept, feet. Yep. yep, clams got... One, one's talking about how he can't stop eating grapes. Clams got livers! <laughs> and all I think of this is, dinosaurs got spirituality! Dinosaurs yeah. have ghosts! <laughs> yeah, that... Yeah, that sequence. Yeah. I. Mm, but I'm trying to sort of keep us in a direction because that's yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a whole that's a very valid thing but for me the characters like they lost me at the characters in a way the characterization um, it's it's trying to be you know they're, they're, they're trying to make them anthropomorphic enough so they're trying to be humanoid that's why they give them the expressions they do and the voice and yeah the, the, but it doesn't really work it as you say no. it looks wrong yeah, just like in there's actually a theory, a comics theory about this, how you can have highly rendered realistic backgrounds and much more cartoony characters. And what it does is it allows the reader to more easily put themselves in the place of the main character of the comic. Huh. The problem is if you take that too far and the disparity between realism and cartoonish is just way opposite ends of the scale, I think it just looks like why do these things don't go together? And that's sort of where I was. Um, the other thing I thought was interesting is that this film decided to reinvent the telegraph because every single plot point... Yeah. Uh, it's like, hey, what's get- that coming over the horizon? Oh, it's the next plot point. If we sit here long enough, we'll figure out what it is. Well, like the first time we see the river, my note I immediately wrote down, whatever you do, don't fall into the plot device <laughs> because I, it, it's like the way they say it. Like it's his dad's sake, always be careful of the river. It's like, oh God, he's going to fall into the river. Well, sure enough. He falls into the, yeah. Um, and then later it's like, oh, we got to make our mark, son. And I'm like, oh, is this going to be the major point? of the? Oh, look, it is. It's like, okay, okay, Moana, you have to take your rock up to the top of the hill. Oh, it's just, it's, everything was so clumsy and heavy handed, right? It just was, just, I don't know. Um, the dad, also some of the acting, poor Frances McDermott, I would never have known her. She doesn't, she's nothing to do. No. Um, and then there's parts where she's supposed to be made out to be all poor and pitiful and put upon um, because she has to do all the work because suddenly the brother and sister have disappeared for reasons we don't know. <laughs> That's okay. They'll show up later. But for right now, when all the work needs to be done and Arlo's too little to do it, only mom can do it because... I guess the kid are the kids named stuff and reasons. Maybe no, that's no, why. it's uh, Li- Libby and uh, but oh, Buck. 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 That was it. But I think in dinosaur that translates to stuff and reasons. <laughs> the, and to be fair, come on, Buck at least has a personality. He's sort of the bullying big brother. Libby is What's there. The, yeah, 
She was That's, there. You know, I noticed she was also in focus. Yeah, she was in focus. <laughs> that is absolutely true. Yeah. I mean, um, there is uh, there are one or two moments when we meet the pet collector, that weird dinosaur who has all these animals hanging on his What was with that scene? I don't know, but there's one funny line I liked. Because he's got all of these harmless, like, birds and furry mammals, and he says, they protect me. You know, this one protects me from fire. This one protects me from unrealistic expectations. Yeah. That made me smile. But the whole, <laughs> the scene as a whole is like, why is this here? It's like, oh, look, dinosaurs got mental problems. Okay. Yeah, literally, Arlo's walking along, and he sees this dinosaur, or this dinosaur's talking. Oh, you know, we wondered when you'd get here, blah, blah, blah. Uh and then he steps out, and it's a Triceratops-ish like thing. I'm sure it's not a Triceratops, yeah. and somebody will tell me, go ahead and write us. Oh, we yeah. didn't do business. Ah, they know. Um, will tell me that it's not a Triceratops, but on every point on his little head yeah. thing, crown, whatever, Plate. is a different animal, and they all represent his neuroses. Yeah. Anyway. But literally, the, there's this moment, they have their his little stand-up gig, it's like the next person in the open mic, right? You have five minutes till the red light turns on. So the red light turns on, and the dinosaur then just melts back into the woods, and we never see or hear from it again. He, ha he has one function. He he is the reason that Arlo names the human. Right. Okay. Because he, he, he says, and I name him, I keep him. And they start competing to, for a name that the, the human will respond to. So apparently this kid's name actually was Spot. I guess. I, or either that or he just liked the sound of it. I don't know. And of course, that's funny because it's what you'd call a dog that don't exist yet. Yes. Because that's would yeah. be funny. I haven't seen um, any, we don't see anything that looks like a canine, although apparently they must exist because the humans communicate by howling like wolves. Which I didn't mind so much because I could see that it was being a primitive method of communication. And it was nice, you know, okay, I get the howl thing. Um, I, I It also tried to give us a cry moment didn't work but it tried nope. um I, uh, I i did it was one of two scenes that i was just like why is this here the other one was as you pointed out the drug trip berries there was literally a scene they'd eaten berries uh that's what the dinosaur likes to eat them he's never had them before now they're delicious well they come across some that are on the ground and as is possible maybe they're on the ground they fell they fermented they eat them uh should i make a, a disclosure here max or i wonder if i should no that's okay <laughs> but <laughs> there's this moment where they literally just start morphing and warping everything. They hallucinate. They basically yeah. start tripping on fermented apricots. And then they pass out, be, yeah. and they wake up, and the movie continues on its merry way. And like, I, I kept waiting, because they wake up, and they're obviously hungover. Yeah. And I kept waiting for, like, Arlo to look over at Spot and go, I went home with you last night? <laughs> and then it's followed by, literally, a... Dude, don't watch me pee, Joe. <laughs> yeah. And like, we, we will never speak of this again. And it's it's Spot. He's why he's looking at Spot like, what's Spot doing? Yeah, is it, of course, the dinosaurs never... Oh, I never thought to pee before. Um, and the look on Spot's face is unequivocally a mature, sentient expression. Yeah. It's literally, dude, don't... No, dude, don't watch me pee. Yeah, because does any That's animal give a damn if you watch it pee? <laughs> No. I mean, I honestly, the way that that spot was acting and what he was barely wearing, I honestly just expected him at some point in the middle of the movie to just take a dump. <laughs> it's like, well, it's time. That's what we do. So there you go. Um, yeah. And if he's an animal, why does he have a diaper? I, it, the last thing is parent. I don't uh, know. It's for our benefit, obviously. Yeah. And right? the humans that we see actually wear clothing. Um it's fine he didn't that's i don't care yeah <laughs> so i do have some talking points because it might seem that max and i hate this movie and we're just going to sit here bashing it which is possible yeah. um but not necessarily true but possible so the main i guess crux of this film is that arlo is born the smallest the weakest because we've never seen this crap before and he's afraid of everything for you know again his sister and brother stuff and reasons um, so I guess the only villain in this film, if they're, if you want to call it that, because they have uh, opportunities, they just choose not to use them for villains. Um, the only villain's really Arlo's fear. Would you say well, that's close? No, no, I think there is an antagonist. Uh, that's Thunderclap. 
sort of. He he is. He's the bad guy because he, and he does recur reoccur. He's although I would I I think I could see your point. He's not so much a villain in that he has like an evil plan. He's right. he is simply a threat. Right. He's no. He's not really that much different than the storm, or an avalanche, or anything else. He's more of a natural disaster. But yeah, he is, and he is a very unpleasant bad guy because this is one of the first you really see in these that kill. Yeah. Oh, do we? Because yeah, there's killing in this film. Not least of which the decapitation that appears yeah. on screen yep. where they rip the head off a bug. Yeah. Ah, uh, did I just see what I thought? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And there and my one of my favorite lines in the film when one of the T-Rexes is telling a story about how it got a scar and that last line of the story is and it dr- I drowned that croc in my own blood. And I'm like, <laughs> wow. What? I a, think I just You know, a, a family picture. <laughs> God. But anyway, to me the the crux of the film again the if there is a villain there isn't a villain but if you want to say there's a villain it's having arlo getting over his own fear and i think that that's not a bad idea i think it could work but how could you make it work better it is kind of pat it's just he faces his fear of the storm and the river yeah. i don't know it, it we've seen this so many times Right. It's been done so often. The idea, well, yeah, the main your main enemy is your own fear. Yeah, and we have nothing to, nothing to fear but fear itself. Yeah, right? yeah. And I mean, you know, Sam Waterson, the Sam Waterson T Rex, tells him, you know, you can't you can't escape fear. It's like Mother Nature. You just gotta get through it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's true. Yeah, but. I guess, like, it's through the power of love he finds the true meaning of Christmas. <laughs> well, it, some of that is it because, you know, he, he faces some of it because Spot is in danger and he th- right. he intentionally goes into danger to save him. Yeah. And, yeah, that's it. That's, I suppose, impressive. The problem is there are several points that are supposed to clearly be the cry points, the moving oh, yeah. points, yeah. where Arlo is talking about how he misses his father and when Spot... He releases Spot into the wild, or basically <laughs> makes him go... Fly and be free! <laughs> like, no, go on, Harry, we hate you! And throws rocks at him or something, a la Harry yeah. and the Hendersons. But well. I I didn't tear up at those. I did not find those particularly... I, I, they were kind of touching. Yeah, But, I mean, but Pixar they, can to, make but, you cry. They really can. We've seen that in a number of these movies. You might even it, say most of these other Most movies. of these movies, but this just didn't. Why not? I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I came close when he and Arlo hugged just because it's nice, and I like nice. I'm a yeah. sucker for nice. There's some but sweet it was like, moments, but... But it felt very contrived. That's, I think, still. a lot of it is we are... It's like, you like these characters now. You find their bond convincing, right? <laughs> and that I is... Think, it yeah. was lazy. And that is something Pixar never does. I have never thought of them before. Even with the Cars movies, I've never said this is lazy. Well, and and this goes th- this goes back to the telegraphing stuff, right? Yeah, right from the very beginning. Again, it's just this little thing. It's like, oh, be careful! This the river, son. Which, of course, also ends up being the way you can find your way home is because you follow the river. Um, <laughs> forget the bird, follow the river. Um, <laughs> And it's like as soon as the way they say it, the fact that they point it out and make the tiniest little thing, the way they they say that line and put it in there and show the river tells us there's going to be a problem with the river. Um, And it just becomes no surprise. It's like it's lazy. It is very lazy. Um, I, you know, and then the fact that they're referencing their own films. Like, yeah. I'm sure they do this a lot, and I'm sure if you look at Disney theorists, which sounds a lot like ancient <laughs> astronaut theorists, um, Disney theorists will tell you, oh, yes, you know, they reuse this animation in this film, they reuse this. But this is the first time I just, without even thinking, blatantly go, that's from Lion King. Like, it's the same shot, it's the same thing. Yeah. Which also, one of the problems with laziness and storytelling is we have a real issue, or I had a real issue, with the emotional impact of Arlo and Spot. Because. Arlo is eh, potentially justifiably pissed at Spot when he finally meets him because it's like, it's your fault that my father died. 
And the way they get over that is they just pretend it didn't happen later in the film and they're friends. Well, no, he's, he says he comes to terms with it wasn't your fault, Spot, it was my fault. He, he, bl- he was using Spot as a scapegoat for his own self-blame. Which, of course, isn't true either. Yeah, neither of that was true. His father was actually fairly reckless and just decided we're going to go. I'm going to basically, it was a little too much like the dad who's like upset because his son won't shoot the deer. So he's going to drag him out and make him shoot the damn deer. Because what Arlo's dad, the reason he meets Spot is Spot is eating their food in the silo. And it's Arlo's job to catch him and kill him. Yeah. Because he's not referred to as, you know, he's referred to as a critter. Kill That's, and kill. What is kill? Let me show yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Here, Same taste. Too. Yes. <laughs> which one of the bonk bonk on the head? <laughs> well, which one do you think grows up to become Val? Uh, <laughs> oh, that's a deeper uh, eight. Oh, deep cut. Yeah, one of the T Rexes. Yeah, <laughs> that, which is another thing. I'm oh, sorry, gods, that actually works because now there's humans and dinosaurs. Val is oh. the last dinosaur. Oh, they just cut no. its head off and they worship it, and it makes the planet be nice. Okay, <laughs> sorry. You're so fired. Uh. <laughs> okay, Bumpy, get ready in the corner. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Sorry. And the character. The other thing is the characters. The characterizations are also lazy. Every character is a stereotype. It's like, okay, you got Thunderclap. I thought it was going to start off interesting. It's like, oh, wow, these guys, he's a religious fanatic. He believes in the power of the storm. Yeah. No, he's just crazy. He's just nuts and has used this to hold together some followers and just goes around doing what he is supposed to do. He is a predator. So, yes, he kills and eats things. Right. And this is also the one vaguely original, although it's been done before, part of this movie is the T-Rexes are not the bad guys. No. Because T-Rexes are always the bad guys in the movie, except for a few. Well, Toy Story. (laughs) Toy Story, Theodore Rex, never mind. Uh, a couple mm-hmm. of others. At the, we're back there, you know, because they are st- the, at least the way we picture them. Because let's face it, we don't really know what they looked like. They're scary ass bastards. Well, and they gave that main one the big scar. Like yeah. it's obvious that he got into a fight with something that tried to bite his face off. Which in this case, he said it was a croc. Okay, but they meet the T Rexes. And quite honestly, it's Meals on Wheels, right? Because the food came to them. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, no. We got to find our buffalo. We haven't got time to eat you guys. It's like, you have plenty of time to eat those guys. Seriously. And Arlo is a lot easier to catch than one of those bison. Yeah. Although apparently the bison is easier to herd, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah, Um, Apparently, by the way, yeah, it's really interesting what develops intelligence and what doesn't in this world. Yeah. Well, also at that point... We've gone away from ostensibly a buddy travel, gotta get home film. Now we're in a western. Yeah, like and literally honestly, a western. <laughs> if this movie had been about Sam Waterson and his his crew, this would have been a more interesting movie. Because I think those guys are fun. They're fine. Um, they're more interesting than Arlo and his parents. In fact, <laughs> final lie or final note for this was, and then Arlo lived a boring life selling glue door-to-door, the end. Because you get the impression at the end of this film that, and nothing happened to him that's worth writing. Like, that's it, we're done. Um, I liked Sam, I'm sorry, Sam Watterson? Watterson, yes. Sorry, Sam Sam Elliott, excuse me. Sam Sam Elliott. Elliott. I like Sam Elliott's voice a lot better than whoever was Dad Dinosaur. Dad Dinosaur, to me, felt overplayed. Like, just, his voice did not work at all. It was a Um, bit much. But just too paternalistic, too. Yeah. But Sam Watterson, first of all, Elliot, Sam Elliot. I don't know why I'm doing that. <laughs> I don't either. Yeah. But Sam Elliot, first of all, why doesn't Arlo want to stay with them? I mean, come on, be a cowboy. That's awesome. Hey, I'm a cowboy. Howdy, howdy, howdy. howdy. <laughs> Another deeper. Yeah, his faithful, his faithful human companion Tonto. I mean, Spot. Well, it could have worked. About- we were talking about emotion. Let's talk about that, if you don't mind, for a second. So, okay. at one point, they're howling, and Arlo and, and Spot... Uh, Spot teaches Arlo to howl, and yeah. that shows family. And that's nice, yeah. right? It's nice. I'm not, I didn't cry, but it was nice. But then, something else answers that call. And at first, I thought, oh, God, it's wolves. The yeah. wolves are going to come in. No, it's another human. And Spot's like, oh, what's that? You know, in a scene, it's a kind of like right out of Bambi, when Bambi first... Girl, um, because this is an old guy, so it's not the same thing. But yeah, the other human is this older man, 
and he sees Spot, and Spot sees him, and they're like, hey, we're we're alike. We should get together. And they sort of slowly come close to each other and stuff. And then Arlo is like, no, no, we've got to go, because he realizes he can't get out of there without Spot. How did you feel about Arlo at that point? At that moment, it was I actually kind of liked it because Arlo's selfishness made sense, and he is he's being very selfish. Yes. But first of all, he's a child, and second of all, he's alone and he's terrified. So of course he's going to hold on to the one companion he's got, the one person he thinks he well, the one thing that he thinks he can trust. It's like you know not wanting your dog to run off with a wild pack. Mm-hmm. So. That actually started to be a character moment, and then it, <laughs> yeah. I think I see where you're going with this. <laughs> yes, and then it doesn't. No, well, be- it, it for me, I was left hanging. Like I don't know that I like Arlo right now. I mean, I get it, but I don't know that I like him. But they literally just stopped talking about that whole possibility. We don't see anything from Spot. Like, there's no scenes of Spot really going, well, I really wish I'd gone off of those yeah, people. Yeah, there's no sense of regret. We don't no. seem like even looking back except after that one shot. Yeah. So, yeah, th- again, that started to be something. It could have been, oh, maybe Spot resents Arlo now. Or maybe he starts to wonder and they have to deal with this. Nope. No. It's gone. That was an... It could have been a good character-building moment, and they just leave it lying on the forest floor. Well, and then at the end, it turns out that the humans have decided that this is far more interesting um, than, you know, hunting or gathering or otherwise surviving. No, no, we should follow that stray kid with the dinosaur, because that's not supposed to happen. Yeah, because it does appear that it's the same, at least the same male human. Yeah, so he brought his family with him. yeah. Yeah, but... Basically, what happens is it's right on the cusp of Arlo being home. So it's like, oh, look, home is literally right over there. I can make the rest of the way myself. Oh, here's that other human family um, conveniently on time. Um, I can let you go now. And it's like you're supposed to feel, I think, that Arlo has not only grown, but now he is giving his friend the favor of leaving and going to be with his own kind. He's putting Spot's welfare above his own. And or I, his feelings. Was, well, my question was, does this redeem his earlier action? To me, it's like, no. Because, well, it's convenient for me to do this now. I'm not losing anything by letting yeah. you go. Yeah, it's, we were friends, but, you know, apparently that was It's supposed to redeem it. I don't yeah. think it does. Because Yeah, exactly. As you say, wow, well, we're fine now. I, there's my house. Yeah. But it's still, I'm giving up my beloved pet. There's a certain yearling quality about this. <laughs> yeah, kid with the big eyes. And then he says something about Shane, mother wants you. Oh, yeah, something film, like that. Yeah. I actually did like the the way he convinces Spot, where he draws the circle around Spot and the other humans to keep, to symbolize this is your family now. Yeah. Of course, I'm also thinking, you know, Spot would probably live a lot longer if he was protected by an entire pack <laughs> Of enormous dinosaurs who grew food for him, because I'm guessing the humans have not gotten beyond hunter-gatherer. Probably not. And also, the other thing is, is that the the humans don't really show any fear of the dinosaurs, which they should, even though it's an apatosaurus. Yeah, I know they they don't eat meat, but, you know, I'm willing to bet they haven't got that far. Yeah, Uh, it's like, here's a life form that's ten times our size, and we're just like, hey, how you doing? Well, and the humans like Spot and the the, the older man human, the dad. Yeah. Let's call him Dad for want of a better character name because he hasn't got one. Um, Spot and Dad don't approach each other like an inch at a time and then draw back. They're just like, "Hey, you're new. I don't know you. Let me smell you. You smell familiar. like they're they're interested and curious. They're not afraid." Um, so I my th- all the thought was, well, they obviously wander. Why don't they just come home with Arlo? Why don't they live that? You guys could live together. You know, mm-hmm. there's mutual beneficiary, uh, mutually beneficial reasons for you guys to live next to each other. Yeah, got they got thumbs. <laughs> they could help you build things eventually. And all the dinosaurs could have clothes. Yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, it's like you said, lazy storytelling. That I, you don't, you, you shouldn't think too much about it. Yeah. And I, one other thing I had a problem with at the very end. Arlo gets home and they have him, you know, it's a big thing when you when you accomplish something big for the family, 
you get to make your mark. You put a footprint on the grain silo or the corn silo, whatever that was. Yeah, which we didn't see coming. Yeah, uh, yeah, we we see that coming. He puts his mark. What the hell did he do? He what did didn't he, he die? Yeah, he came. He 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 got lost and came home. Yeah, and there's How? that scene of of mom all like pulling up lame in the in the. I mean, it's like it's it's pretty much Christina's world, right? Except with yeah. corn. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, that's another deeper Wow. Uh, <laughs> An Andrew Wyeth cut right there. Yeah, hey, I appreciate that you got it. Um, uh, and it's like, I'm still like, where are the brother and sister? It's oh, like, they're there. Know, they did show up. They come over for the group. But they're fine. Hug. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? Oh, poor mom. Woe is me. Woe. I can't lift another cob. Fall. <laughs> whimper. Um and then Arlo, who, honestly, the only thing he could do was feed the chickens, and he wasn't actually good at that. Why do they have chickens? That Why? was my question. <laughs> they don't eat them. They're not, they're clearly herbivores. Why do they keep whatever the hell those things, mega chickens or super uh, chickens? Because mm, farms have chickens. I don't. I they, maybe they Do they milk them? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they like the eggs. I'm not sure. I mm, <sighs> don't know. Don't know. Yeah. Um, it was... Uh, yeah, it was. It, I I didn't know what to expect because all, as I said, all I knew was dinosaur, and I was like, I, I guess that's a that's a, a time period that most kids go through. It's the space period and then the dinosaur period. I didn't do the dinosaur yeah. period. Did you? I was. I was really into dinosaurs. I had really cool dinosaur, uh, little plastic dinosaurs, and I used to love going to the. Well, there was a museum nearby that had like uh, dinosaur skeletons. Oh, the science and, museum. No, no, it was actually the Peabody Museum. Well, the science oh, museum yeah, too, yeah, but the yeah, Peabody yeah. had like actual fossils and big skeletons and really. Cool I was always stuff. afraid by the plus, no, not, not the well, the plesiosaur because it was in the corner. It was huge. But the one that was hanging from the ceiling always freaked me out. It's like that's going to uh. swoop down and eat me. Oh, um, I loved those things. I never got tired of that place. I I had a real dinosaur phase. Yeah, I I, I didn't do that. I maybe because I was too busy with Star Trek. I don't know. Maybe, uh, but uh, that that I, maybe that's why they made this. But it also seems to me that it's like the. Land Before Time, that's the dinosaur film. The Land Before Time series, of which I think there's, what, 11? I mean, I don't know, 30, 40, I'm not sure. Fievel Goes Dinosaur. I yeah, think yeah. Uh, Littlefoot meets Optimus Prime, I'm not sure. <laughs> in a battle in a steel cage. Um, I think that, like, to me, it's like, yeah, we've done the dinosaur thing. We don't need any more dinosaurs. We're, we did that. It's a thing. We're, we're done. It's gone. I, don't, I, I think they could still do something. And again... This could have been interesting. You know what? Well, I'll wait for the wrap-up. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I was looking for the challenge, right? You know, what is what is the challenge of this Pixar film? And apparently it was to sit through it. Because <laughs> um, we yeah. talk about that. We talk about the supposed crying points. And you that was the problem. Is Usually the crying points come because you feel something for what is happening on the screen. In yeah. this case, I, I was like, I looked down at my watch. It's like, oh, it's quarter to crying. And yeah. now... Yeah, it's like you could say, okay, now we've included a pack of essence of onion in this uh, DVD. We need you to crack it out open under your eyes now. Wait, wait, wait. You got to watch this in Odorama? Oh, yeah, didn't you? No! <laughs> I didn't get the John, the John Waters version. Oh, well. Boy, there's a lot of deepers this week. Sorry, folks. Um, I, yeah, it just felt like you're supposed to cry, audience. Here, you. It's literally, there was no effort to couch it in plot development or character development it's just well they're partying now well you know they're, they're partying now but they he could say nope they're partying cry cry yeah. <laughs> that's the other thing it's like they're parting oh they're never going to see each other wait why aren't they live next door yeah the humans are right over there it's a why couldn't world. spotlight come down in the valley and say hi you know it's not like oh. they have a fence well you know why why because down in the valley is <laughs> jolly green giant. <laughs> Actually, there's four. That's true. Yeah. yeah well, uh, he, I, he I, could be. He could grow up to be Sprout. <laughs> yeah, this is a terrible. If you folks weren't born in the '60s or '70s, yeah, we apologize. Sorry, sorry. This week is. Although Andrew Wyeth was a real reach. That's a reach. Um, I don't know. It's another film where you can't. You literally can't ask questions. And the sad thing is, is that there are other things worth looking at on the screen, like the scenery. I sat there going, wow, they do wheat really well. Um, like, that should not be a thought while you're watching a movie, right? <laughs> like, the wheat in this film is fantastic. The plant life should not be the most impressive part of a movie. Or the water. Yeah. The royalty, Unless like the they're the ones that are talking. Okay, talking water. Let's go with that. Um, 
But I think that I've gone through my talking points in my notes. How about you? Yeah, I'm pretty much done. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> yeah, now for the big reveal. I know uh, we've said that, yeah. but... The Roundup. Max! Yeah? I beat you to it. Ha ha. What did yeah, you think? Did. Oh, actually, let me go and... I asked this before, but, like, yeah. did you see the preview for this, or do you remember seeing the preview for this? I don't remember. I saw it. I have no memory of it. Okay, so you didn't have a, a pre-Pixar opinion of the film. No, I... Th- uh, nope, I was like, okay, Pixar, it's maybe they're going to... I don't remember. I think this came out before Inside Out. So I'm like, uh, well, this is Pixar. Maybe this will be, I bet this will be cool. Nope, it came out after. Oh, it Oh, it did. Then I, mu- then I must have had really high. It's like, wow, Inside Out, which is one of my favorite Pixar movies. Like, oh, wow, what are they going to do now with these dinosaurs? That's going to be so cool. And I was wrong. Because, <laughs> wow. And I got to say, I would be really interested if our listeners will tell us, did anybody see this? Yeah. Because a lot, I think, I mean, it's, this is the second lowest grossing Pixar movie. I'm betting a lot of people skip this, because largely because why wouldn't you see, you know, Inside Out instead? It's like, wow, that raised the bar. Yeah, and it, you know, it was June and November. Those are the, yeah. so you said this yeah. was the same and, the, and two in the same year. Yeah. Um, when I was watching it, my, uh, my partner was wandering in and out doing various things. And at one point he was sat down on the couch and I think he was texting or something. And he's like, what are you watching? And I told him, he's like, this is a Pixar film? (laughs) Coming in in the middle, just looking at it and hearing some of the dialogue, he didn't believe it was a Pixar film. Yeah, for a Pixar movie, the animation is great. The character design is not. We just, you know, we talked about that. And and the script is weak, which is unusual for a Pixar movie. Even the less good ones, a lot of them have... There, there are still good points in the scripts. There are st- Monsters University is not great. There are some funny jokes. Yeah. There are some nice speeches. There is some believable talking. Mm. Everything in this is cliche. I mean, even when it's cliche for Disney films, it's like, oh, it's yeah. the Mufasa scene, dying scene. I mean, I, I, I was... <laughs> It's like, if you're going to reference something, I mean, go back to, I don't know, Oswald. Because nobody <laughs> knows who he is, right? So, But it was such a... a, a key scene from Lion King and such a, a you know big moment of that film that people remember and then you're doing the same thing it's literally the same thing but with dinosaurs that's yeah. it maybe that's what they well, should have said the tagline of this film um, uh, the, the good dinosaur that film you love but now with dinosaurs that's what it's <laughs> It's not identical because the father isn't actively murdered by someone. No. But it's true that the kid is up on a higher level and he watches his father die and blames himself for it. Yeah. It's... it's, Sure. uh, (laughs) And again, this movie just makes me... It raises a lot of questions because there's nothing else to focus on. Yeah. I I sit there going, why... Okay, if if Spot is human, why is he running around on all fours? Yeah, he's not built for it. His arms aren't long aren't long enough. I shouldn't be paying attention to that. That shouldn't be be an issue. And I'm going, why are there birds? There are birds. There well, should dinosaurs are allegedly evolved into birds. Now, okay, you can say the idea if there are, if humans evolved from primates, why are there still chips? Okay, well, why? Yeah. There is actually, there have been digs that have found feathers or feather-like appendages in fossils of the era. So it's even that one of the theories is right now um, that their dinosaurs, instead of being just skinned, they may actually have, some of them may have been feathered. But we still don't know why they keep them on the farm, because they don't eat them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And Um, why do they need a house? Dinosaurs... Uh, okay, like I said at the beginning, are you want you, know, you want to argue that they didn't change physically because they were already basically at peak evolution? That these guys were the most physically dominant life forms, so they didn't need to evolve. Okay, why do they need houses? They're supposed to be tough enough to take the elements. I didn't that that part didn't bother me. There was enough of other stuff. Um, you've called me on taking things a little too far. I'll say, yeah, eh, that's debatable. I don't All disagree right. with your point. I just think it's like, eh, yeah, that's um, fair. But it is it is a reasonable complaint. I just don't know if that that just didn't bother me. As it much, sh- it, it shouldn't be a thing. I shouldn't even have had to think about that. And the sad thing is, uh, they had so many opportunities here. 
because the idea of what if dinosaurs had evolved into something that could bring up so much stuff and and the saddest part is the next year we see a variation of this of what if animals had evolved to sentience we see this in zootopia mm. which is a great example of look at how the world is different look yeah. at the way the technology is shaped the way the architecture the way the world is shaped to fit all these different species and here there's nothing we also there's no dinosaur society all the dinosaurs we meet are packs yeah everyone is clearly just a single pack in mil- over millions of years over what was probably close to 60 million years really why and, uh, yeah it's again you can't ask questions the film you simply is have not- to no, the film is just simply not prepared to, to no. answer them. But they didn't um, distract you enough with an interesting story, better dialogue, or better characters. If you have that, it's like I, I, we make fun of you know the world of cars and such and Toy Story. We're going well. The rules seem a little funny, but we don't care because the characters are wonderful and the dialogue is wonderful. And here I'd like to se- use this to segue into just Pixar in general. This is one of the great strengths of Pixar is they don't usually just coast on the skill of their animation. Mm. They have things like great scripts. They get great voice performances. And the voice performances in this were okay. There was yeah. no, I mean, Sa- you know, Sam Elliott's terrific. By the way, Anna Paquin as, uh, uh, what was her name? Ramsey as one of the other T-Rexes. She's good. Uh, Butch, he was fine. The T-Rexes, the, the voice acting is great. The, you know, the hillbilly raptors mm. was sort of like, well, that's really cliche and boring. <laughs> and none, of, and most of the others just aren't that interesting. It's not that they're incompetent or that they do a bad job. They're just not interesting. I don't even know if I can blame them if I as much as I can blame the script and yeah, the director. Yeah. Because the script is just there's nothing new here at all. We've seen this, oh, the runt of the litter is the one that has to prove itself. Okay, whatever. Um and you know, oh no, I'm on a journey, I have to get back home. Okay, yeah, whatever. Oh, my dad died and it's my fault, except it's really and not, but I'm gonna and feel I'm bad real about sad. it. Yeah, 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 I'm real, real sad. So I, I I maybe the the voice acting would be better in other circumstances. I don't know. Again, the father was the only one to me that's just like he's really overdoing it. Like I don't even know if that's his real accent, but it felt like he was really pushing it. Um and just I don't know, just didn't buy it. But the rest of them it's like eh. I didn't care one way or the other. There's other films too, like you said, in 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 the one of these days we'll be able to pronounce that word uh, of Pixar that are not great films. Onward, I would say their most recent is fine. Yeah, it's fine. There is nothing challenging about it. Max and I like it because, of course, one of the central <laughs> points of the film is how D and D can in fact save your life because it yep. can. Yep. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, they have a little fun with the, oh, what if these critters were actually real instead of just... And, I you know, it is funny seeing the the peg, or the uh, unicorns going at your trash can. Um, <laughs> Again, there were a lot of missed opportunities. They, they had some yeah. fun with it, but they could have done so much more. Like, Onward is a film... I'll, I've watched it a couple of times. It's fine. It's, one of, it's like, if I want something that's nice in the background, it's yeah. fine. Um, I kind of also bond because Max was the guy who showed me D&D, so I have a sort of <laughs> affinity that way for it. Um, it's fine. There's other films that I, you know, even Disney films I didn't like initially, like Moana when I first saw it, didn't like it. Um, and I, as I've watched it more and more, I've liked it more and more. Um, the Toy Story sequels, um, I don't dislike any of them. I wish there hadn't been a four, but I don't think it was a bad movie. Um, certainly, Finding Nemo was a good film. Finding oh, yeah. Dory happened. Finding Dory was another. It was fine. It was just okay. I, I don't need this. Um, Cars three. I haven't seen. Don't want to see it. Didn't want to see a Cars film. I whatever. Um, Brave. We talked about. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's plenty of good things, and as we also pointed out, when you set your own bar that high, when you fall, and I actually might think, at least of the films I've seen, that this is the worst Pixar film because of that bar. Yeah. Because we know they're capable of so much better. Yeah. If that- this had come out from Sony or Illumination, yeah, we would have gone, hey, this is not bad. This is okay. 
In fact, but, I think I remember seeing the the teaser or the preview and missing the Pixar part and saying, "Oh, Illumination's doing a new movie." And I was like, "Oh wait, that's Pixar? Really?" So just like my partner said, it's just like I I expect better out of them. And yeah. the good thing is is that we'll get better out of them. Admittedly, in the midst of all of the annoying sequels, we get Coco, which showed up mm. two years later. So they show that they can still do good films. And at yeah. least Onward was an original film, too. And an original idea. It was a cool idea. And now, next month, we're going to get Soul. Which, which I have hopes for. I, I do, because never mind that they... It's, again, look, sounds like the voice cast is really cool. The idea, they're, now they're tackling the afterlife. And Pixar is proving that black people actually exist. Yes, they do. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> yeah, because... So I have hopes for Soul. We'll see. There's another film coming out supposedly next year sometime called Luca, which I um, think looks more like Pixar's love letter to the, um, uh, the Japanese film... Um, Miyazaki, that that kind of oh, uh, studio okay. Ghibli, studio Ghibli. Oh. Um, All right. It, I thought Luke. Very... I, I thought Luca lived on the second floor. <laughs> he lives just upstairs from oh, me. Oh yeah, I think I've seen him before. <laughs> oh god, now we're doing Suzanne Vega cuts. Jeez. Hey, you know. <laughs> well, I think we, we've we've summed up is that there's a lot that Pixar has to yeah. offer. They've done a lot of things right, but when they do it, it doesn't stumble. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, actually, we forgot to mention Ratatouille. Oh, I yeah. really like Ratatouille. That was that was Ratatouille. <laughs> Ratatouille, <laughs> tootie, it's fresh like and fruity. And patootie. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I really like Ratatouille. If for nothing else, it actually has a villain that gets like redeemed. He ter- makes a big character. There was character development into a villain in an animated film. I love that. Yeah. Uh, and it's also just gorgeous to look at. But yeah, so when they stumble and they don't stumble often. They even then they tend to stumble into meh, which yeah. for a lot of studios meh is pretty good. For a lot of studios meh is the best they get. But here it's just like oh. we know this, you can do better. Yeah, this is this is one of those times where you feel like the teacher talking to this. Stu- I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> Pixar goes stand in the corner. And, you know, Pixar starts crying. So if I guess what we're saying is if you didn't see the good dinosaur, good for you. Yeah, you you really you haven't missed much. No. And and you should and that's I think one of the only Pixar well no, Cars 2, but one of the few Pixar movies <laughs> I would say that about. This yeah. is a Pixar movie you don't need to see. No. And Pixar in general, we salute you. We love you guys. You guys are—it's—it's it's an amazing studio. They have—I don't think any studio since Disney itself advanced in animation the way they have. No, no. So you don't need to see this. Instead, if you are thinking of going to see this, instead take yourself out to Rogue Warfare. 3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that definitely uh, can't. Is, that may still be in theaters, so catch it, along with COVID, I guess, by going to a movie theater. No, no seriously, don't don't go to movie theaters, really. And and don't go to Rogue Warfare. Warfare don't, movie. really don't. I can't even say it. We are gonna, um, You know we're going to have to do a series on the entire uh, genre of Rogue Warfare at some point. There's only three of them. Well, I'm sure we could do two episodes each. <laughs> Well, speaking of doing new series, because we're at the end of Pixar, and uh, basically we said, hey, they did some great stuff, they did some mess stuff, they did a couple of things. So, But where are we going next week, Max? Take me on a trip. Uh, This time we're going deep into the heart. Of Texas? (laughs) Sure, because the stars (laughs) at night are big and bright there. But no, we are going to explore a, a, a classic film genre, the romantic comedy. I like you as a friend, Max. That's fine. <laughs> we're not we watching talk together. About this later. But uh, we, yeah, we're going to. The rom com is an unusual genre. It's remarkably persistent. There have been times when it seemed like it was going to just literally die off. Remarkably what? persistent. Yeah. You don't like that skin rash. <laughs> yes, no matter how many creams you apply, romantic comedies keep coming back. Try a tincture. Yeah. <laughs> And we're going to talk about them, the old ones, the screwball ones, the newer ones, the ones that almost killed the genre completely, and some of the ones that brought helped uh, revive it. And we're going to start off next week with a classic, 
one of uh, an Oscar winner, an amazing. <laughs> yep, back from the days of when they had only invented the colors black, white, and gray. No other colors existed in the world. That's cheery. Yep, we're going to see. It happened one night. Oh, what happened one night? It did. What? What's it? Well, the thing that happened one night. Third but, base, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and also, real quick, this series upcoming was suggested by one of our listeners. And if you have other suggestions like that, you because you can do that, you can suggest things to us. You we can. suggest things back. You can email us at us at Max Mike Movies, plus all that other stuff we usually go through, because you all know it by now. Yeah, yeah. Website, face, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, blah, blah, blah. Like us, smash us, subscribe us. But next week, I'll be giving Max an enormous kiss. Mwah! Good night, everybody. This has been a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench. I'm recording, too. Yeah. Uh, well, I got that out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. And... Three, two, one. <laughs> Fingers this time we nailed the clap. <laughs> I'll be fine, I promise. All right, all right. Let's try that again. Wait, what? Three, three, <laughs> two, <laughs> one.